0: the Conrad Life Report. So long music there. Intro music. Uh, welcome to the Conrad Life Report for um, December 5th, 2018. This is episode number 9. Welcome to episode number 9. Took a couple of weeks off for um, some personal vacation-y reasons and also so for some logistical reasons. The personal reasons are it was Thanksgiving a couple of weeks ago, which was great. It's nice to take some days off um, from normal routine and obligations. And then um, then last week, just didn't have a chance to get around to doing this because I was living life, which happens, um, which happens all the time. So trying to there's a lot to go through. I was I was writing some notes in my notebook here before I did this and it was like so much to do and so much to talk about. And I feel like now that I do this and when I l- go about my everyday activities, sometimes I think about things that I really want to talk about. And sometimes I write them down and sometimes I don't, and sometimes I remember them and sometimes I don't. And well, it would be nice to remember them all of them. Usually they're like these philosophical or artistic Arguments or questions or debates where I think, oh, what an interesting thing. Um, And I should make a greater effort to record those going forward. But don't worry, they'll come back. Anyway, we'll see if they pop up during this episode. But anyway, so I think this one may be a little more freewheeling than most episodes because... I guess I did read a book, but I'm still reading it, so no great like um, um sort of like review to go through. And then with music, I saw one thing, and then I have a bunch of odd things that don't fit into the general characterization of my normal um, routine on these podcasts. But anyway, here we go. First of all, books. Since I finished um, the Canals Guard book, which. I almost bought the second one and started right away, but just wasn't feeling it yet. It's kind of intense and weird and slow and good and awesome. But um, if you recall, and if I recall right now, we went to Cincinnati and I thought that I would buy a new book, perhaps at half-price books in Cincinnati, this chain, which is oddly in Texas and Ohio, But really, what I was doing was gearing up to reading a lot of my awesome magazines that I still have at my parents' house. So I kind of thought, you know, in the back of my head, I wasn't going to buy a book there. But anyway, I didn't see anything I was dying to get. So I, I didn't buy a book there. So what I've been doing here is I finally picked up again How Music Works by David Byrne, which I bought five or six years ago at Book Court. Um, on Court Street, which no longer is there anymore. Um, it's like the electric banana. Don't look for it. Because um, it's not there. But the first chapter is very slow. And, you know, no disrespect to Mr. Byrne, but it's a, the first chapter is sort of an overview. And I think it's meant to be an introduction. And it's a little slow. I don't know how, to put it, how else to put it. And I read it a few years ago when i first bought the book and i put it down and i forced myself to power through this through it this time and yeah it's just that first chapter is a little slow which is totally fine because the book is almost conversational and it goes through a bunch of topics and as he says you don't have to read it chronologically although he recommends it but um you know so he starts off naturally with this with this introduction and yeah, once you once you get through it, you, you may love the introduction. Um and be spellbound by, by it. But for me it's like, wow, once I got through it it was like, oh, he talks about just a lot of artistic things and even though of course I'm drawn to like all of his famous things like the dogging heads for example and how they started his description and his experience of the quote unquote process of just creating anything art whether it's words, music or other things is so just mesmerizing that I don't care about when he name drops stuff he's done. Um, a little, you know, sometimes I am like not about famous things like Psycho Killer and Once in a Lifetime because I'm kind of almost bored with those songs after hearing them 50 million times in my life. You know, I will say that I was very, like, I loved hearing about, uh, reading about naked the um 1987 final talking heads record naked's recording process in paris but um yeah so it was less the the book and by the way i'm not finished i'm like two-thirds of the way through the book is so good about just it It will make you want to create stuff it, it sheds such a great light on the creative process it's just his own process and he, he's never um in your face about it. He's never very, um, self-trumpeting about it. It's just a very soft-spoken matter of fact, conversational tone, um, with these just, just one incredible insight after another, both of his own creative process, as well as what he perceives and, and other people he's, um, collaborated with. Anyway, I highly recommend the book. It's great because you can either keep it on your nightstand and read it once in a while, or you can just plow through it like I'm doing right now. You could also put it in a bag and it can be one of your coffee shop or afternoon pub books. Um, it's not a plot driven book and it's also not even a very, (laughs) even for a not plot driven book, it's not a very plot driven book. You can just pick it up and be inspired. So don't be afraid of how music works by David Byrne. Um, also has an incredible cover simple beautiful cover which if you look inside in the credits the cover design is by um day beggars which is both kind of really cool and also somewhat um not surprising given that it's a mcsweeney's release anyway so hopefully by next week now that i'm back on this regular podcast schedule hopefully by next week i will have finished the book i'm sure i will have um What I will read next is the question, I don't really know yet, do I read Miles Davis' book, do I read that Julian Barnes book I was talking about, do I go back to the Canals Garden and just drop myself into 2010-era Scandinavia? Um, Anyway, so, yeah, so, like I said, when we went to Cincinnati, um, There's this uh, chain bookstore near my parents' house that I love going to. And, yeah, it's oddly, there's a few in Cincinnati. There's several in Texas for some reason. So it's Texas and Ohio (laughs) and some other places in the Midwest and the um, South Central, Southwest or whatever. Um, Anyway, at my parents' house, my parents are starting to get on the older side and starting to foresee a future where they won't be in the house. So I'm trying to get rid of a lot of the stuff I have there. And most of the, I have either gotten rid of or have transported to New York a lot of my stuff, my stuff, you know, with leading caps, my stuff. Um, But there's some things there that I'm just always putting off. I'll take care of later. And this trip I decided to take a few things to half price books to sell back and I didn't care about what I would get in terms of compensation Um, but there are very few books I have left there actual book books that are in any state to be sold back so I took a few books and I felt a little sad or well the books were Robinson Crusoe as well as Um, the red badge of courage, both classic books, obviously, but also these are books that I, um, received as awards in junior high school in Connecticut. When I lived in Connecticut in junior high school, I got them for, there's some sort of academic awards and they're really nice versions that kind of classic old versions where they look timeless with sort of gold stuff on the sides, um, of the pages, That was Robinson's Treasure Island. The Red Badge of Courage had red on it. Really nice copies. I have to say, um, I'm embarrassed and also not embarrassed to say, embarrassed because it's a classic, not embarrassed to say because there's so much out there, but I never read that Treasure Island, and maybe one day I will. But the Red Badge of Courage, I never read until about a year and a half ago when I was visiting my parents. I was at my house by myself. Um by myself meaning without my wife and child. And I read The Red Badge of Courage, the copy that I won in 7th or 8th grade or whatever for some academic reason. And, you know, it's a great book. (laughs) It's a classic for a reason. I I devoured it in one, like, three-hour session sitting on the floor in my old room it's like wow, this is a great book. Wow, what a great book. So, when I sold both of these books to the bookstore last 2 weeks ago, I didn't even feel that bad, but it's a little funny to sell these books back and at the at the front of the book inside is this sort of um, you know, sealed on badge or whatever that congratulates me. So, whoever next buys this book if they do, if they open it up and look inside, they'll see a thing from a school in Connecticut with my name on it, and it'll be there forever um which is kind of funny. I felt I was contributing to that great long used book tradition of when you open it up when you buy when you acquire a used book, you not only acquire the actual text but you also acquire the experience that comes with whatever physical copy that you are actually. Um, taking into your own possession so somebody in Cincinnati will buy that book and open it up and say look at this guy with this funny name that I probably can't pronounce correctly the last name and it's from this school in Connecticut and this guy won the English award or whatever it was so it felt a little sad to get rid of these books, but it also felt a little good to like finally get over my usual emotional attachment to random things that I never look at when I go home and actually start getting rid of stuff because that's that's another process that has to happen when I whenever I'm in Cincinnati. Anyway, so that was a fun <laughs> that was a fun little exercise in getting rid of that. What else did I do in Cincinnati with um well, what else did we do when we were visiting? Um, obviously, I had a great time seeing my parents, seeing my sister, seeing her family, um, my two nephews who are t- blah 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 eleven. T- I can't believe I can't remember it because they're ten and basically they're ten and six. But um, yeah, they're ten and six, and uh, and also seeing, of course, uh, our friends Brian and Beth Devendorf and. The um, three kids, Brian and Beth live right by my sister and her family. So it's very convenient. Um, we're basically always driving from my parents' neighborhood over to their neighborhood. They being like um, my sister and Brian and Beth and the kids. So um, that's, that's always our like trip to Cincinnati. So anyway, we had a good time hanging out over there. When we first showed up at their house you know, went up the front steps and, and rang the doorbell. The door was front door was locked. Usually we just walk in. door was locked. And um, Brian comes in, you know, opens the door. He's like, hey. And inside is 77 Grateful Dead playing through the Sonos or whatever it is going on. And there was a fire going. And I'm just like, ah, what a great room to walk into. Anyway, uh, so that was a good time. Seeing everybody was great. Um, our friend Pete came over, and then we all went to out for dinner. We met our friend Roth, who joined too. So those ten of us and went to La Rosa's, which is a local Cincinnati chain. Um, it's beloved. It's fine enough. It's not great. It's not one of the local chains that I would like try and like really turn outsiders onto, like say Skyline Chili cause, or any Cincinnati Chili, which is unique. La Rosa's is just like local pizza place that also has pretty good sandwiches not a destination um, as we would say in New York terms it's not a destination restaurant but fine enough anyway so the other big news from our trip to Cincinnati for Thanksgiving was um, we wanted to give my mother a break because she's been taking care of my dad this past year because of a lot of things that have happened so we didn't want her to like have thanksgiving you know all the responsibility so so my wife said why don't we just take you know we'll we'll do all the cooking or we'll figure it out we'll order stuff you know and then my sister can help which we all did so my Julie decided she wanted to get order a turkey and I was like okay so from where like Whole Foods or something and she's like no Popeyes i.e. Popeyes the fast food place so it turns out that Popeye sells Thanksgiving turkeys and it's sort of a thing. And I after some Googling, I realized that it's like A a thing and B kind of a foodie thing. Like you see, these little articles written about it. If you Google it. And so I meant to order this turkey about a week ahead of time, but when I called the place that's closest to my parents' house, they didn't answer. And so I put it off and then all of a sudden I didn't call again until two days before Thanksgiving. And at that point, when I called the one near my parents' house, they said, they answered. And then they said, we just sold the last Turkey five minutes ago. So I was heartbroken. Um, and then I called like six or seven other places in Cincinnati, like on my laptop, I just had Popeye's chicken Google map open and I just clicked on all the numbers you know, starting with the closest to my parents' house and moving outwards. Finally, I got to this one place on the east side near, actually, my sister's place and Bride Beth's place, and they said, we're out, but Mitchell Avenue has some. And I was like, oh, I called Mitchell Avenue. They didn't answer. And she was like, call Mitchell Avenue. So I thanked her profusely. I got off the phone. I mean, got off the phone, meaning I pressed the red button and then I immediately opened up the keypad and dialed this number. And... I called Mitchell Avenue and they were like, yes, yeah, yeah, I think we have it. And they said, hold on for the manager. And then the manager came over who sounded about one day older than the person to answer the phone. And she was like, yep, we got it. We have, we've had a few cancellations. I said, great, I want one. She's like, okay. And I said, but listen, I can't come down there until for at least a few hours. Um, cause I was, you know, kind of working, um, like actually like working from home and doing work. So I was like, listen, I have things to do and I can't get there until later in the day. And she goes, that's fine. Do you think it's possible to like buy it over the phone or something? And I was like, you mean like give you a credit card number? She goes, yeah. And I was like, yeah, that that's what I was hoping we could do. She goes, great. Oh, okay. I said, great. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Let's do it. So I don't think if you call a random Popeye's they're used to taking orders over the phone and writing down your credit card information. Um, but they did it and I was like, okay, so listen, um, should I come down there? Like as soon as I can or should I come down there at a certain time or what do I do? And she just goes, "Sir, we're open till 10. And I said, okay, I will see you before 10. And she goes, thank you. Um, so yeah, so when we, after we went over to the east side and hung out and everything and went to La Rosa's with the whole crew and on the way back to the west side to my parents' house, we stopped at the Popeye's Chicken on Mitchell Avenue in St. Bernard, Cincinnati and I went up like I would to eat, like when you go into any fast food place and you go up to the register and they say, may I help you? And I said, I ordered a turkey and then they said, one second and they just went back all the way to the back went through a door and then came out with this huge turkey and all the instructions are on the sort of wrapping and it has a big Popeye's logo and it was pretty awesome so we went home the next day Julie started doing whatever it is like defrosting all that stuff and when Thursday rolled around and we had actual Thanksgiving dinner it was awesome basically tasted like what you'd expect, which is the seasoning on the outside was very Popeye's, like Cajun, semi-spicy. And on the inside, it, wasn't, it was just kind of normal. It wasn't a deep fried turkey, um, which is a question I kept getting. Was it deep fried? No, it wasn't. It was just a Popeye seasoned turkey. Oh boy, it was great. Anyway, so I have a feeling that that this, will, this may become a family tradition just to get a Popeye's Turkey. Cause it was awesome. Um, anyway, what else to say about the, quickly about the trip to Cincinnati. Oh yeah. So talking about Cincinnati beers, when we went to Brian's house, uh, before I went over, I texted, I was like, Hey, should I bring over some beer before we come over just to have a couple of things? And he was like, he's like, no, no, I'm out at the gas. I'm about to get gas. I'm at the gas station. I'll pick some up. And I was like, Oh, okay. And you know, Like I said, we went over, when we knocked on the door, you know, again, walked in, dead playing, fireplace, it was great. And Brian says, we just got a box right now, sent from Brooklyn, from Three's Brewing. So, Three's Brewing, who's like, they know Brian well, I guess it was like a holiday thing, or I'm not sure if Scott, his brother, had something to do with it. But, I look on the kitchen counter, and there's all this normal, the cans of threes brewing which i have often here in brooklyn but for them it was a real novelty and they were like look at this i was like oh that's great uh we didn't have it actually because it was it co- wasn't cold um so he put it in the fridge while we had three floyds which is of course the munster indiana brewery which is a midwestern classic and you can get in cincinnati but it was really cool to see threes brewing beers in cincinnati um and let's see, other Cincinnati beers I had, I had we had Rheingeist Cheetah, which is a lager. We had Rheingeist's Big Brewery in Cincinnati, and we had that at La Rosa's. Myself and Pete and Roth and Brian all had cheetahs. And, oh, if you recall, the last time I, last episode, uh, we talked about... um playing with the uh, Barton Hills Choir from Austin and their leader Gavin being from uh, one of my schoolmates from Cincinnati growing up so I met up with Gavin and our music teacher Mr. Bruce Bowden um we met at Mad Tree Brewing in Cincinnati and so a we had some good Mad Tree beers uh but B it was really incredible to hang out with this guy it's amazing because of this guy I mean he's person was very important in my life. (laughs) Um, He looks great. He must be in his late 60s now, but he looks young. And I guess when he was my teacher so many years ago, he's younger than I am now, which is just a mind-blowing thing to think about. Um, But it was just great to um, hang out with them both and hang out with him. It was a perfect situation in the sense that, like, um, there was no... Awkward getting taking a few minutes to get to know each other again or feeling you know, dropping into a casual, comfortable um, zone. It was just natural from the beginning. We talked about mostly modern stuff. We talked a little bit about the old days. When we talked about the old days, it wasn't, it was somewhat, but not overly sentimental. Um, it wasn't weird. There was, yeah, it's just, um, it was um, very natural, and I can't wait to see him again and just have a conversation with him again. It's always um, whether it's somebody that you haven't seen for decades, like this, or someone you haven't seen for weeks, or even days or a year. But just having sitting down, having a nice conversation is such a rare pleasure. Just um, you know, not look at your phone to not communicate in any other way except sitting down and talking. I don't mean to sound like a fuddy-duddy because I'm very, you know, tech-heavy and everything, but it was just nice to sit down and converse and get to know each other again that way. Um, it was great. Other Cincinnati things. Um, is a unique thing. Um, we had a very early morning flight back to New York on when we came back on the Saturday. It was a 7 a.m. flight, and my parents live about a 30 minute drive from the airport and that meant that would mean we would have to like probably call a car at 5am and it isn't like new york where there's a million cabs going around all over the place it's like being out in the suburbs and then going out to the airport at 5am means like what kind of person you're going to get on your Uber or Lyft, and it's one of those things where you look at a map, which I'm not used to as a New York City resident, but where you look at cars, and it's like, oh, they're miles away. They're 15 minutes away. Like, So what we did was we got a hotel room at the airport, which is A, cheap, B, super convenient, because you're at the airport, and B, we were familiar with this because we had a flight canceled at night, over the summer, we had to spend the night unexpectedly and had a free night at the airport back then. And we're like, oh, we should do this whenever we have an early morning flight because it was pretty fun. And it takes away from spending the night at my parents' house and like feeling stressed because we have to wake up at the hours before the crack of dawn. So it was great fun. We stayed at this (laughs) <laughs> we tried a new new hotel. There's like seven now near the airport, which is kind of funny. And we went to this Marriott, which was huge and awesome, and just had this big, great room. And I brought one can of Rheingeis guys from my parents' house to enjoy once we got settled in the room. And I watched some college football while Oliver just rolled around on the bed and looked at books, and Julie like um kind of like plan for the early the next morning flight even though there wasn't much to plan we just sat there it was like such a fun time to like it was like the mini the miniest of staycations it was hilarious so got back to new york the next morning got to the airport obviously in five minutes um made our flight just fine and got here and then it was um the saturday after thanksgiving which meant that my beloved michigan wolverines were playing ohio state football and i met Mark Graham, who came down, former resident of this neighborhood, who came down from Westchester to watch the game here. And his friend Mark Albers from high school showed up, high school in Michigan, who lives in Boston, who was visiting Brooklyn. So we were all at Union Grounds on Smith Street. And for us, it was a very sad outcome because Michigan just blew it. I don't know why we can't beat Ohio State. But anyway, that was a very fun day and a very nice, like, sort of, like, dropping back into new york city life um and then like the other big neighborhood news i was so psyched to be back in the neighborhood is um two of my favorite places in the neighborhood um first one is prime meats which is now closed um but it's not it's like only gonna slightly change but but prime meats is um no longer Prime Meats, it's going to be, the bar will be Frank's Wine Bar, the main restaurant room will be connected to Frankie's 457, which is one address up, you can all be connected through the building, so it was like, kind of sad to say goodbye to Prime Meats, and then also, I met Gabe, my friend Gabe, and bandmate Gabe, and we went to Henry Public on Henry, and between Atlantic and Pacific, which used to be my absolute number one bar but i hadn't been to in ages for no reason other than i never walked by it anymore but we decided to just go there on a you know i was like hey we heard they take credit cards now which is like kind of more convenient than not taking credit cards which they used to always do so um gabe and i went um two weeks a week ago and we just sat at the bar my old friend marty was bartending hadn't seen two years and we just had a great time catching up and it's nice to reconnect with these places. Um, you know, I looked around and just it's like, oh, I've been here so many times, and it's just a fun thing. And um, so Henry Public is back on my list of just regular places. And other than that, I feel like there's so much more to say But trying to, like, power through this such a busy month of, like holiday stuff. We had, the, we got a Christmas tree. Um, we got it up. Um, I was thinking of getting it up that first weekend after Thanksgiving, but we didn't do it. We waited a week, which is probably fine because Thanksgiving was so early this year and maybe the tree would dry out by Christmas. Anyway, we have the tree. It looks really nice. Um, we got a smallest tree cause we have a very small apartment and seems to be the perfect fit. Um, I like fresh trees, fresh cut trees. I did suggest maybe that we would, should get an artificial tree this year and for the foreseeable future. Not because, you know, I'm anti fresh tree or not because I'm, I just want the convenience, you know, a Walmart like convenience of the artificial tree, but I just thought it might be aesthetically kind of cool to get something like a white tree or something. Um, but anyway, boy, was that idea not well received in this home so we got a nice fresh tree and it smells kind of nice so not as nice as other trees i've had in the past but anyway um and i guess that's it beer wise other beer i know i talked about Rheingeist and mad tree cincinnati beers um let's say i went to threes brewing where they have a little store that's open throughout the day up in the coffee shop slash venue upstairs and i Bought some Suarez family cans, which I love. Suarez family, it's um, upstate beer in the northern upper Hudson Valley, and finally got my hands on some reality based pills. Which is um, uh, McKellar, um, I guess in the San Diego brewery they have, to this come like collaboration with the National and the National McKellar, old friends, like um, just the guys that run McKellar. So the a natural thing, but they called it reality-based pills, reality-based whatever comes from, I think the song, is it Born to Beg? Uh, it's one of the, it's like one of the early songs, first songs on Sleepwell Beast. Anyway, um, the political song with the Carl Rove mention, reality-based, anyway, reality-based pills. Really good. In fact, I'm drinking it now, although I haven't had any sips since I started this recording, but anyway, um, good beer. If you can find it, get it. Other than that, let's see. I guess I'll have a lot more to talk about next week. So much going on. Um, Did I see any shows? I can't remember. I don't think I did. I've been wanting to go see Yola Tango. I don't think I'm going to make it to a Hanukkah show this year, but such is life. I guess that's it. 30 minutes and 18 seconds? I think we can call it. Episode number 9 of the Conrad Life Report in the books, uh, December 5th, 2018, Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn. I will see you all uh, next week. Thanks a lot.